Get off your phone. I'm not. Hey, boomers, it's that time again. Welcome once more to another installment of your fortnightly online guide to the Sega Stational world of the 1990s and the UK's official Sega comic, Sonic the Comic. We are your humes who think we're in charge. He's Dave Boomer. He's Chris McFeely, and he's Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, and we're up in early in the morning for this one, because yeah. I've got something to do with the normal time, so we may be a little bit off the ball today, we'll see. Yeah, we normally do a nice sort of Saturday afternoon recording, yeah. leisurely. We can go right from lunch oh. right through to dinner sometimes, mm. but the hours on the clock haven't even reached the double digits yet. So. You know the sign-off that's like, next time, but our actual sign-off is, so what are you having for your tea? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, he's Sonic, he's Super Sonic, and there they both are on the cover. Uh, it's uh, Nigel Kitching, oh, am I right? Oh, yes it is. And they are going at it. Ooh, I love it. Hey, wait, could this be our first Nigel Kitching Supersonic? I guess it must be, yeah. Yeah, because he's always oh, he does a blinder. He's covered in all spikes and curls and curves and oh, it looks ever so cross. I've only just this second noticed that the big cover line "Shocks Away" mm. is actually in reference to the new Sonic's World story and not the main strip. Yeah, not the subject of the cover. Oh, oh, subject of the cover! The cover actually depicting the main story! Holy crap, you're right! <laughs> I didn't even notice! You're right, it does! There's so much to learn! It happens so rarely! <laughs> I mean, maybe it becomes more common from now on. Yeah, I, that'd be nice. I mean, and speaking of, of changes that, <laughs> if you'd like some very boring observations... <laughs> <laughs> you come to the right place. <laughs> We're here with issue number 86 of Sonic the Comic. Uh-huh. Released on September 4th, but cover dated September the 17th. They fixed the cover dates. What? Continuing my observation of something only I care about, they have adjusted the cover dates. The off-sale date is now the day before the next issue, instead of still <laughs> being in sync with the Saturday release date as it has been up till now. Oh, well done, them. And that's but not what's the other boring cover observation you made. That is not all we've got for you today, listeners, in terms of boring <laughs> cover observations. We were just wondering. So, the top uh, bar along this one says free Planet Craps sample pack. Crap, yes. Like Craps. Crap. K R A P Z, right. But like, yeah. but like, Dave did. did. <laughs> it sounds like crap, you know? Crap. It sounds like rude word, crap. It does. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not that's, that's not by the by the logo for planet craps is made of poo <gasps> made the words craps in the yes it's a planet and the planet is blowing a raspberry it's just got a tongue sticking out the side of it <laughs> and it says planet in like etched on cool letters and then craps in letters made of poo they are made of poo a bit like the turtles logo is made of poo but green poo <laughs> oh that's made of shells i never i was never sure what it is because i don't think it looks like shells i was like is that what's that is that a, is that like turtle skin that's made of i don't really know anyway craps though craps is made of actual poos it is they've got little curls at the ends everything it's quite an amusing logo you don't have these i assume i don't no uh, so all we have is free gift missing alert your news agent now and we were just wondering what's going on with the drunken sailor you know where's the tape because we couldn't find the usual evidence of tape mm -hmm. on our covers until we turned it to the light and we noticed there on the cover around the sort of place you'd expect a free gift to be bottom left there are little wrinkles the telltale sign that we have changed 
sticky technology. <laughs> yep. We have moved up to the... And you still get this now, oh, so yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm tempted to say the modern version of how to well, stick a free gift to a cover. Of course, I do, do you still get it now? Because obviously comics just come in bags now. I, I don't know where you get it from, but I know that I've played with it in my fingers not <laughs> too long ago. So you do still get it. Yes, we are in the blob era. A little blob of whatever, like glue... I don't know what... Yeah, an adhesive, stuff. pasty glue stuff mm. that sticks the free gift to the cover and can be safely, you know, if you don't go hell-bent at it, that can be safely peeled <laughs> off without tearing up the comic. And it's fun to peel it off because it stretches yeah. and then it snaps. And then you... Uh, to me, that's the free gift. I'm uh, stretching <laughs> the little thing. I'm loving it. I love that stuff. I feel like when in the past we have been discussing the ill-advised nature of taping stuff to comics, yep. we were looking out for the day when I think so. blob technology would come in. And it's now, it's here, it's September 1996 when they started gluing things to covers instead of taping them. Put it on the calendars, it's a national holiday. <laughs> what an interesting intro this has been for you so far, mm-hmm. listeners, but we, we are genuinely interested in these things, so <laughs> you're just going to have to put up with it. Uh, Saturn Review, Slam and Jam, Soccer Zone, kicking artwork. Sports, sports, what could possibly follow up that? What could <laughs> be more exciting it's a crab meat bad mcpinup and a q zone revisited sonic 2 plus knuckles tails no, that's that's much better yeah a promise of something we might want <laughs> hold on to your noses says megadroid could it be the humans who think they're in charge i smell mm? <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Oh, dear. no no it's this issue's cover minded planet craps sample pack they didn't tell us we were getting a free gift this issue no 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 warning that can only mean they didn't know until the very last minute quite possibly uh so planet craps were um, no you've you put too much emphasis on an s there it's craps (laughs) oh i beg your pardon of course it does end in a z i beg it was the 90s planet craps were part of our fascination with stink technology that was going on at the time (laughs) Genuine fascination. Yeah. Can't pretend we weren't into it. Scratch and sniff. This is a sample pack. It comes with six scratch and sniff stickers plus a playing card. Yes. But you could get them in shops and the packs you got in shops came with scratch and sniff stickers, non-stinky playing cards apparently, Mm. but then also stinky cards. Okay. Specials. A dice and a toxic scope. Oh. Whatever that is. Oh. I don't know what that is. And it's just uh, cards and stickers that smell of poo. Yeah, Megadroid says the complete set contains 100 character cards, plus a dice for playing up to 20 different games you have been warned. And that makes it sound as if you get one card per pack and you're supposed to collect 100 of them and the stickers are filler. (laughs) You get six stickers, four playing cards and two stink cards in every double pack, it says here. Double pack. That may be the standard form they take, double packs, I don't know. Well, then that's just a pack! We've we've looked them up on eBay, folks. Yes, they're very scarce in the... There's not much information about these on the internet. Well, if they're double packs are how you get them, those are packs. I object. Quite possibly, but look at them. They are clearly doubled. Oh, what am I to look at? Ah, well, here, I'll send you. Oh, I see. Yes, okay, well, what we're looking at... Yes, okay, that is doubled. I, I, I did see that picture on eBay, but I just thought that that was an error or something. But no, you're probably no, right. They are... They're like ordinary trading card packs, but two stuck top to bottom. Yeah, basically, they're what I imagine they look like in the factory before they're, you know, sliced apart, and mm. they haven't been sliced. <laughs> but I've realised now that the double pack actually shows us what a toxic scope is. That's it. It's one of the old Transformers translucent red tech spec readers. <laughs> 
Oh, on the built packet into the itself. packet. Oh, okay. Yes, you, you cut it out of the packet, and I presume you pass it over the cards or the stickers or something to find hidden messages. And there's that red yeah. ink that comes up black or whatever it is. Oh, I forgot about that on Transformers. Oh, I like that. Well, Transformers' trick was they used blue ink uh-huh. across an extremely scribbly red background. So when That's you put it. the red plastic over it, the red disappeared and just the blue line became visible. What I'm thinking of, and I think it was probably done the same, I had a whole book of this. I had a book when I was a kid uh, where it was like this detective who was looking for clues. And you got a big magnifying glass with the red stuff in. And you oh, looked like for that. clues on the page. Oh, it's dead good. I'll find out that what that was. Good, yeah. If you had that, right in, boomers. Tell me what it was. Belay that order. I know what it is. It is called Inspector Smart Gets the Message. And it's by Richard Fowler, who turns out to have done loads of books from my childhood. Um, most of them with interesting little gimmicks, like the Ted and Dolly books and The Amazing Journey of Spaceship H-20. So, uh, shout out to Richard Fowler, get in touch. (laughs) And Toxic is spelt T-O-X-I-K, because it's got to be cool. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it, right? Because, you know, X in the 90s was Mm. the cool letter. I know, but that's actually a letter. Unless it was supposed to be there, in which case you... uh... You've got to improvise if you've already got an X in the word toxic, yeah. So presumably, yeah, these double packs are the standard form in which they came in, and Megadroid says they're 99p. Ah, for the days. No, mind you, 99p back then would have been quite uh, pricey for a pack of stickers. Uh, maybe, I don't know. So the, the double pack size would make sense at that price then. Double pack size, they've got gimmicks, you get quite a lot of things in them. Yeah, it makes sense to me that they'd be that price. I think a pound is quite pricey for a pack of stickers today, to be honest. I still don't think even with inflation and the Tories and that, that they've <laughs> put the price of stickers up to a pound yet. Well, perhaps they noticed that nobody bought Planet Craps. Clearly, as far as the internet is concerned. Um, as Megadroid tells us here that almost all the stories in the comic reach a conclusion this issue, bar one, I was thinking about how, like, I tried so many times to get into 2000 AD after this, to carry on, Mm -hmm. but something was always on part whatever, and and everything else was, you know, a returning ongoing series. I could never quite just tell what was going on. So, next issue could have been a jumping on point, but for that one story, Future Shock. And then, of course, I realised why 2000 AD and STC do that. It's so that there's no jumping off point yeah <laughs> as what has happened to me whenever yeah, they exactly. when they mistakenly allowed one to happen yeah as chris proved give the kids an off ramp they will take it mm-hmm. yeah, that's how it works you know uh, describing the rest of the contents of the issue he says and another bad nick pinup those humes have caved into more of your demands are people <laughs> actually asking for these things off it i i don't know they seem like such space filler we have heard from a couple of people who did like them for various reasons but who's who's we, uh, right in, but were you, like, clamouring for more? Were you like, oh, no, we haven't had a bad Nick pinup in a while? I guess if you liked them for whatever reason, yeah. I'd understand why you'd ask for more. Because the nature of bad Nicks is such mm. that there are a lot of them. You know all their names, at least up to, at least all the Sonic 1s. Everybody knew all the Sonic 1s names. Yeah. So you knew if you were missing some. Yes, and kids do like a complete set. Yeah, if you're collecting them. It's just that they're so big. Where are you collecting them? On your wall? You filled it. I don't know. Well, maybe people had larger walls than you or I. Maybe, yeah. After Dash Boomers, I'm off for a trip to Sega World. But the only snag is, I have to go along with the humans who think they're in charge. Oh well, I'll just have to switch off my smellometer. <laughs> Interesting to see them shilling Sega World. Mm. They don't miss a chance to mention it, obviously. No, even though, you know, it doesn't really benefit them, does it? <laughs> no, but, I, you know, maybe there's a an expectation. Yeah. 
an obligation. You know what they should have sold at Sega World? Back issues of STC. Sonic the Garmin, yeah. Underneath the Megadroid bit, we've got uh, Sticker Round. Did you get it? Sticker Round for STC 87. Free gift. Get stuck in with next issue's set of fab stickers featuring classic poses of Sonic, as shown, and it's the cover of issue one. Uh, Tails and Knuckles. It's the perfect excuse to be daringly decorative, so prepare to stick them up. I like that classic poses. It's like we're reusing some stock art kids. <laughs> <laughs> and next, Night's News. Ooh. Calling, Calling all Saturn, Saturn owners. Get ready to put those 32-bit machines through a tough workout with Knights, Sega's breathtaking new adventure game guaranteed to keep you well awake. Haha, <laughs> because Knights and sleeping awake. Uh, together, together, together. Hey. Watch out for the full report next issue. Yes, I believe that they kind of go all in on Knights for a bit. Oh. Yeah, they do like posters and stuff about Knights because it's Sonic Team. Oh, cool. And, and, and it, I think it's, it's the very fact there wasn't a Knights strip Mm. can only have been because a decision had been made in the offices that there would not be any more strips based on other Sega yeah. games. Yeah. Because if they were still doing them as a matter of course, there's no way they wouldn't have. They go so all in on it. Some of the artists we've got. Nigel Dobbins' Knights. Ooh. Casanova's Knights. You know, there's so many... We're, we were robbed, actually. Elson could do a lovely Knights as well. Of course he could. Of course he could. Of course he could. Like, that goes without saying. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean it'd be lovely because it'd be lovely, but I mean, he, he would be well suited to Knights, yeah. is what I mean to say. I've never played Knights in my life. I have no idea what kind of game it even is. Still to this day, Still really. to this day. I've never owned a Saturn, Dave. Uh, no, fair enough. I understand that, yeah. No, it's just been on Steam for that long, you know. I thought you might have had a little poke. I've n I don't... I legitimately do not even know what kind of game it is. I guess I'll find <laughs> out next issue. You'll find out next <laughs> issue. I won't tell you, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about calling Knights an adventure game. That's a kind of game. That's Monkey Island. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know. I can't... I cannot refute it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> we'll argue the point next issue. <laughs> Heroes and Villains Part 3 Written by Nigel Kitching Art by Richard Elson Letters by Ellie DeVille The Chaotix crew arrive to join the fight against Supersonic and Lord Sidewinder's gang which is brought to an end when the Omniviewer captures Supersonic within himself and uses his powers to freeze time immobilising himself and the hellish hedgehog But after a week passes only Charmy has noticed that Supersonic is slowly, very slowly, still moving. It's a big fight. Yep. It's a big fight with a good end. We get a handle on what Lightmare's powers are. Yes, we, we were wondering what her powers were, and she has this golden box on chains that she wears and a key on the chain, and she unlocks it and says, uh, I think not, because it's charming, and she says, I think not, bothersome insect, I'll just open the box of nightmares, and whoever you are, your worst nightmare comes out of it. Wicked. Love it. And in Charmy's case, it's a big tin of insect spray. <laughs> so that's good. Yeah. Keeps it light, you know? And here, oh, and we find here that Charmy 
isn't putting it on. Even when he's, at, you know, at the depths of fear, he goes, oh, criminy! <laughs> oh, no, I never believed once in my life Charmy was ever putting it on. <laughs> well, he might be doing an Amy Rose, you know? He might be like, oh, they hate it when I do this. A diddly no, dee, oh, a God, diddly no, diddly no, dooby Charmy, <laughs> no, too oblivious to put in. I don't think Charmy has ever had an, uh, an insincere thought in his life. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, SBO takes on Biohazard. We see Biohazard spewing toxic waste out of his mouth. You know, he's not just that yep. he's a belching chimney robot man. He bokes toxic waste as well. <laughs> Mighty goes up against Mr. Fry, who can increase his strength by quaffing more potion, while Sonic is just dodging uh, Supersonic's eye beams. Look at that panel on page three where there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight Sonics to represent Sonic's speed as he leaps and dodges between Supersonic's eye beams. That was so effective that I didn't even notice. Yeah, you, yes. don't, you don't stop to take it in. It's like... Because you're looking at like the frames of animation and what Rich has done is he's coloured them all a lighter blue except the, the current one. So you just you, your eye just knows what it is. Good stuff. But it is just a big action sequence as punctuated by the fact that Pidge's four and five are a double page spread oh i didn't know i didn't know it was gonna it's not like we've had what one Ooh. before the death egg yeah you know the death and egg i one. knew that one was coming i didn't didn't remember this was coming when i flipped the page and i flipped the page and i legitimately <laughs> went <"Whoa," laughs> yeah. it was laid out in front of me because what it is is it's a double page spread where rich uses it to essentially increase the size of everything you know it's not mm. a double you, you can't really see further than you can in a normal panel everyone's just big Big. And they're all in the same panel and they're all having some kind of little fight. There's different details of what every character is doing and it all leads up this whole fight. It's like the camera is moving through this fight. You can just you can imagine mm. it going through and just like dodging around. You know that what what's that unbroken shot at the beginning of an old black and white film where it just the camera pans forward through all these people's dining tables and Ooh, stuff. I can't remember what the... that is, but I know the one you mean. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's like that of a fight. Well, it's I mean it doesn't lead our eye around the page, but if they in the cinematic version if there was anything Sonic is ricocheting all around the fight. Yeah. He's coming down from the top, bouncing off the right panel border, behind, yeah. coming down to the bottom <laughs> panel border, zoom back up to the left, and then whoosh, back in. He's yeah, Otherwise, the, the rest of the page is the Chaotix having their individual fights with the members of Sidewinder's gang, while Vector and Sidewinder very helpfully just stand off to the side. Um, <laughs> they're not They're not good. I mean, it looks for... I don't know what's going on with Vector, because it does look for all the world like Sonic's accidentally, accidentally clipped hit him. him, flying past. Yeah, because yeah, he's, you know, eyes screwed shut mouth open he's flailing he's been walloped he's been clobbered but there's nobody there to clobber him <laughs> well the speed streak of sonic does go past him so yeah you imagine maybe he's just jumping out of the way because sonic's going so fast maybe but it looks like <laughs> it does yeah and what it culminates in is sonic in his elson trick you know uh, fastest moving little tiny rugby ball miniature spiky blue rugby ball minimalist look yeah shooting towards Supersonic, who right now happens to be in front of the Omniviewer. Now, a couple of pages earlier, Sonic has whispered to the Omniviewer that he's got an idea. Mm. And this is what it leads up to. Sonic is about to blast Supersonic into the Omniviewer, who is straining. Omniviewer is pushing a big and out right now before our eyes. <laughs> what? What is this obsession you have with reading huh. the Omniviewer's expressions as pooing? <laughs> The Omni Pooer. That's who he is. 
<laughs> now, Sonic's idea is that once he has knocked Supersonic into the Omniviewer, that the Omniviewer will teleport him to a far-off dimension. Mm-hmm. But the Omniviewer unexpectedly refuses because wherever Supersonic is taken, he'll destroy whatever's around him. And this is what Supersonic says as he's knocked in, like, Forcing me into the Omniviewer will do you no good, Sonic. Wherever I am, I can still destroy you. Kind of like an evil Kintabor you did there. Yeah, and that gives... Ooh, I'm going to destroy you, I am! <laughs> I don't know why I think he has this high-pitched edge somewhere in him. I think it's because I think of him as manic, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I guess the Omniviewer is like, Oh, God, wait, yeah. Wherever I send him, it'll just destroy everything. Oh, God. So he doesn't. He just pauses himself, and therefore time inside himself. Brilliant. Because, of course, we know Omniviewer has the power to control time. He's taken Sonic forward in time six months all those years ago, and he took him back to the origin story not so long ago in Return of Chaotix. So he freezes time with only the tips, you know, Supersonic's flying through the Omniviewer's Mm. void towards the screen to burst back out, and Omni freezes time just as the tip of his finger points Mm. out through the screen. It makes you think, doesn't it? Like, imagine if that... Imagine if, you know, there's a space voyage and we invent stasis, Mm. you know, and people go into stasis, but someone has their finger pointing out of the field. When they come out of stasis, they're going to have this old finger. Old finger, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm glad we were both thinking it. (laughs) (laughs) Old finger. (laughs) On your hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They could. That could be the next line of Goldfinger on his hand. <laughs> well, that's true too. And then, <laughs> and then uh, Lord Sidewinder and his gang just escaped off panel. The fight just stopped, and they escaped. Like, there's a little <laughs> oh, yeah. bit of there's a. It's a little too tidy just at the very end here, where it's like, well, they yeah. escaped, and I was like, were they trying to escape? I mean, they seemed quite yeah, it, determined yeah. to fight you thirty seconds ago, and they've just escaped. And then on the last page, it's later back at the yeah. secret headquarters of the Chaotix crew. <laughs> yeah. Um. How'd you get there? The (laughs) Omniviewer... Well, that's the thing, is that this story doesn't actually lay out the true significance of what has happened here. Now, Sonic does stress that the Omniviewer has turned himself into the perfect prison, a prison that traps him every bit as much as it does Supersonic. We all owe him a great deal. Now, it's not spelled out here. It will be in future issues. Mm -hmm. Probably the very next issue. Probably. But without the Omniviewer, that means Sonic is now trapped in the special zone. Yeah. And that's what shapes the direction of the comic running up to issue 100 now. But without the Omniviewer to transport them, how'd they get back to their headquarters? (laughs) Ah, they've probably got an Uber. (laughs) They are outlaws. There you go. They hotwired an Uber. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah, I. But because they are in the special zone, you can imagine there's a way. That yeah, you, it, they had to take the long way. Yeah, yeah. Whatever that, that is, it's not you know, it's not a plot hole or anything. It's just a little bit. You do be like. But we both bumped into it when we were reading this, didn't we? We're like, um, yeah. It does say it's a secret headquarters, you know. So they they had to do it themselves. There's no way they got a train <laughs> or anything. Oh know? well, maybe it's not the same. Maybe the other one is just their headquarters. Maybe that's this their is public their one. And this is the, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the whole thing wraps up with Charmy hands on hips, looking up at the Omni viewer, going, "I don't understand any of this." <laughs> and then it's epilogue a week later. And it's still Charmy stood in front of the Omniviewer, looking confused, trying to figure out exactly what has happened. He noticed Supersonic's hands have moved ever so slightly, ever so slowly, so the tip of a second finger has started to emerge through the screen. And he's like, ooh, I better tell Vector. No. 
<laughs> You'll only shout at me again. It probably doesn't matter anyway. Oh, well. Dilly-doop. <laughs> I think that's a great little teaser. Yeah. Epilogue. Clearly something is extremely wrong, but nobody's going to find out in time. Because Charmy chose not to tell anyone. It, yeah. It's, it's great. I love it. You know, it's it's the perfect implementation of this dipshit version of Charmy <laughs> that they've chosen to go with in the comic, you know? For all we've talked before about the slightly indistinct personalities mm. of the Chaotix, bar Charmy, you know, mighty SBO vectors, like they're all a bit serious and a bit fighty, you know? Yeah. Charmy's the one that they've found ground to mine with. Mm. We've mm. got the, uh, the, the, the bees and the hive and everything, yeah. and how he saved everybody by doing something ridiculous, turning the fundamental four into a pot, you know? <laughs> and here it's like, yep, I spotted this, but eh, you know, it's great. I don't well, it doesn't matter, it's alright, don't worry about it. It's good. I love it, you know? And also we found out here why it's Espio the Chameleon, Vector the Crocodile, Mighty the Armadillo, and Charmy B. No the. That's because he's Charmy the dipsh <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I really like this. Uh this is cool. Like, Supersonic is scary, and the guys have a big fight, and there's a double-page spread. This feels to me like... like Over the course of the last few weeks, you've basically made me realise that you, and therefore presumably some other people, don't think of this as that big of a deal story, but to me it was huge. Well, no, I mean, this, the idea behind it, yes. Uh-huh. It's a big change to the... It's not fully on display here yet. It will mm-hmm. be in the coming issues, you know. It's a big change to the status quo of the comic. That doesn't necessarily make the content of what follows mm-hmm. good. <laughs> True, but of course, at the time, having not read that yet, we didn't know that yet. So yes. I'm, yeah, I'm just reading epic supersonic stuff, and this thing, and of course, you. I mean, look, you know, and Patreon subscribers know the way I thought about Sonic stories. So to have this cool use of time travel, you know, like mm-hmm. it's a Doctor Who story where he shoves someone in the TARDIS and locks the door, and now he hasn't got a TARDIS. Cool! Uh, yeah, basically, yeah, that's a good way of putting it, yeah. That's a cool new twist on what the Omniviewer can do. And what the Omniviewer can do is travel in time and space, so that's already really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm into it. I also like how the story acknowledges that Supersonic is separated from Sonic is not an end game for the character. You know, they realize yes. this is a big deal to separate the two characters, but he can't mm. just stay that way, you know. So immediately after they do this story where they meet for the first time, they bench the character. He can't just be running around, you know. They, yeah. They, he, he, he's something you can... Like Supersonic has been treated all the way up to their separating, he's something you can only pull out at certain times for special impact. Yes, he can't just be the villain now. Yeah. He can't just be... Um, cause, because the thing is, in STC, we've got Robotnik is the villain, and all the other villains are very much secondary. You know, when we have mm. a Metamorphia or whatever, you're not going like, oh no. Uh, Br- Brutus came close, but even there, it was like, well, he's not the main villain. Well, he was all tied up in Robotnik. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But Supersonic is not tied to Robotnik, and has the potential to be a threat level, you know, on a par with Robotnik. Mm. He's so such a... Or higher, just, yeah. or, or higher, you know, yeah. So it's really cool. And also there's this line in it where Supersonic... I can't find it now, but there's a line in this episode where Supersonic is like, as long as you're alive, there's always the threat I might end up merging back into you again, so I'm gonna kill you. That's good. That's really cool. And it, it makes... Yeah, it just... It keeps this dynamic of what Supersonic is now is a new thing, a really big threat. Yeah, what if he did merge back with Sonic... 
And Supersonic was the one who remained. Like, you never know. There's so many potential <laughs> stories with this guy. Very, very exciting. And, you know, and when the Hulk and Bruce Banner get separated, mm-hmm. obviously the end game of the story is that they'll be put back together again. Yes. You know? Yeah. That's how these things work. But how we will get there. Well, STC does not take the path to doing that that you would think. Also, before we wrap up this strip, I really must point it out again, as we pointed out last issue, is that, no, this three-parter, it turned out, did not have anything to say about the nature <laughs> of heroism and villainy and, and, and make any kind of statement on the nature of superhero stories. That was a bit of uh, background colour for part one that it didn't even go out of its way to clearly state its thesis about. <laughs> and, uh, and the rest of it's just been some cool fights. Well... That's what superheroes are, isn't it? Some cool fights. What thesis is there beyond that? Maybe that's the thesis. Yes, I mean, that was the thesis. You know, uh, if you dug down into it, that did seem to be what the first part was saying. You know, that long underwear characters beating up on each other in these juvenile little playground fights didn't actually do anything to defeat the real enemy, institutional fascism. (laughs) But this is a Sonic the Hedgehog comic. (laughs) Graphic Zone! Kicking zone. So not called the soccer zone, as the front cover told us. I mean, I feel like this is a graphic zone that you and I are uniquely unsuited to talk <laughs> about. It's it's Sonic the Hedgehog characters 201, yep. dressed up as football men. Simply don't know or care what they're dressed as. Yeah, they're all... Uh, most of them definitely look like they're wearing real football strips. Yeah, because they all say Sharp and Reebok on them. Yeah, they've got all the sponsors and everything. Daniel Grist from St. Leonard's on Sea. Ooh, that's a nice name for a town. <laughs> St. Leonard's on oh, Sea. Oh, if you like nice names for towns, there is one. Anything to not talk about the football picture, <laughs> Dave. It's on the Insert Coast Here, Editor Dave. The North Sea Coast of Northumberland. The North Sea Coast of Northumberland. And it's called Amble by the Sea. Oh, that is nice. I like and that. And I once tweeted about how nice it was that it was called Amble by the Sea, and somebody angrily replied that actually it's just called Amble. They've dropped the by the sea. I was like, all right, well, you shouldn't have done then, and I'm going to continue yeah. calling it by its correct name, Amble by the Sea. <laughs> this was an apocryphal memory. Actually, they were nice to me. I was just annoyed at facts. <laughs> well, anyway, Daniel's drawn Supersonic United, which is a red Sonic, versus Mighty Liverpool, which is Mighty in green. And mm-hmm. that's it. That's it. I mean, well, Alec yeah. Brady has drawn Sonic doing a header and a ball. And not doing the joke you should do, which is that the well, ball bursts and goes pee wee wee all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> Alexander Sava from West Hunsbury has done Knuckles spinning a ball on, well, I'd say his finger, but Knuckles mm. doesn't have fingers. Yeah, on whatever his lump is. Yeah. Sonic 1, Tails nil. This is James Roden of Torquay. Has, it's just, they're, they're, just, they're just dressed as footballers, it's guys. <laughs> There's nothing. They're not even doing anything interesting. Not, they're just dressed as football people. This one's interesting. Sarah Adamson of Lanarkshire, yes. Scotland, has drawn Amy Rose dressed up as a footballer with an, a very angry expression on. And it looks like dirt smeared on her face. Mm-hmm. And Megadroid, or well, well, the editorial has commented, there's no Megadroid on this page, mm. has commented, Moving with the times! Could Amy really be the first female professional player? <laughs> what? Hang on! Was there... What? I mean, I don't want to put my foot in it. Surely there was already professional female football at that time, was there well, not? Well, that's it. I mean, I think the implication they're trying to make here is that, yes, women's association football exists and is played at the professional level and has been for a very long time at the point this comic came out. But I feel like the implication here is the first 
real oh, professional player. You it know? seems that's, that's, that way. Uh, but yeah. as we record this, by the way, the England women's team is at the finals of the Euros. It's a big deal. And for kind of the first time ever, it's being treated as real football. Uh, in I can't comment one way or the other on that. Central Manchester right now, if you go through it, they have set up more than they did for when it was the football before. Like, they've got all of these, um, like, platforms set up with screens and, you know, presumably drinks being served. There's whole areas you can go that they've built specially for this, for people to go and watch this. And, um, you know, you, you, you almost want to stick it to the, the bad football fan guys by <laughs> going and watching this one, you know? You won't. But no! you almost won't. No! <laughs> Danny Belogan from Mitcham and Surrey has done knuckles in, in uh, football. In sport. In sport. Uh, the, the, the thing says Kevin Keegan's latest signing? Uh-huh. Question mark. So, so perhaps this man. is the strip of whichever team he was managing at the time. Kevin, yeah, okay. Don't know. Not yeah. looking it up. Don't Refused care. to. You can't make me. <laughs> then the last one is 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 the one that you kind of your eye was drawn to. Yes. Yeah. Doctor Robotnik, and it says Doctor Robotnik gets the yellow card for his choice of kit, and it is one of those ones mm-hmm. where um. You know, I, I, I second guess what I'm seeing. <laughs> because it is Dr. Robotnik, yeah. and he's got a, a different clothes on. He's got a top on. It's a red top, but it's got two yellow triangles on it, and they're pointing up towards his shoulders. Yeah. And then he's wearing shorts with his own face on them. Yes. Like how cartoon boxer shorts have hearts all over them. This has got well, Robotnik faces all over them. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. That he's wearing an ugly... And he's got the yellow card, because in his hand is a yellow card. Yeah. But... They scribbled black all over Jess Padkin's Exactly! Drawing. So now I don't know how to trust anything anymore. Yes, there's only two things making this a football picture. He's holding a yellow card. Mm-hmm. Which is just sort of floating by his hand. Yep, and he's got... But then that is how a kid would draw that. This is true. But also he's got black shoes on with cleats on. Yes. But that Could is achieved by on. scribbling on. And also, if you look... The whole thing looks like it's been cut out by the editorial team. Can you see that? It's got a just got a white background. It does have a very neat it, edge around it, doesn't it? Yeah. It doesn't have a pen edge. It has a cut out edge. So mm. someone has cut that out. And if that, I think it's editorial because that looks like a digital cutting out to me. I mean, I think there's as much chance that this is Robotnik in a football strip as there is that this is Robotnik caught in his underwear. Yep. Yep. Also, he hasn't got any teeth, and it looks really horrible. It do. What what's going on there? Like what 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 is that? Aside yeah. from the tongue, what's happening on either side? There? Yeah, is you that can see his, the inside of his mouth. You can or? see his tonsils. I think what they're doing is yes. I, if you look at the shape, doing the old Richard Olsen inside the lip bit. Yeah, yeah, inside lip bits. I think what it is is it's the gum of the teeth, but he hasn't drawn the teeth. Mm. Very strange. It is the most illustrative example yet since the bombshell news we broke a few issues ago of how we can now no longer trust the evidence of our eyes. Yeah. yeah. We just can't trust them anymore. How many of these? Maybe they How many have we not noticed before? We've always been making observations about how this looks like it's been cropped to suggest yeah. that, or this has been moved to do that. Yeah, there's just no telling. <sighs> how long have you been lying to us, Sonic <laughs> the Comic? Knuckles. Village of the Dam. Part 3, written by Nigel Kitching, art by Nigel Dobbin, letters by Elita Fell. Realising that the village elder, Mesmer, has the townspeople under a hypnotic trance, Knuckles busts out of the sacrificial pyre they've trapped him in and snatches Mesmer's staff, breaking the spell. 
It turns out the whole thing has been a plan by Dr. Robotnik, who's been disguised as the tavern landlord all this time to test Mesmer's abilities with a view to implementing them on a planetary scale. Sadly though, since Robotnik rules the planet, there's no way for Knuckles to actually bring him to justice. <laughs> the, the, um, yeah, that was good. <laughs> so funny thing, right? Mm. Obviously we observed that this is Knuckles the Echidna in The Wicker Man. Yes. The point we failed to observe last issue, obviously, mm -hmm. was that part two of this story ended where the Wicker Man ends. Yeah. With Knuckles in the uh, burning pyre. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously the entire third part of this is the Wicker Man happy ending yeah. alternate cut. Yeah. Wicker Man <laughs> essentially leaves that question unanswered, although very quite clearly answered. But uh, yeah, this is this is what could have happened at the end of the Wicker Man. <laughs> yeah. Well, it turned out that it was a hypnotic plot by a fascist dictator. Yeah. Who was dressed up as Christopher Lee. <laughs> yeah. Um, We've both gone and watched The Wicker Man, especially... Yeah, the... I mean, I'd seen it before, uh, yeah, same. probably back in my teens, you know? Yeah, same, same, yeah, 20 years ago. Uh, but, uh, yeah, a shame we hadn't done it between parts one and two, <laughs> uh, whenever, you know, now we have all this retroactive, yes. much clearer context for stuff. By the way, you know, that's a very good film. It's I don't know dead you know. good, isn't I it? Know, I don't know if you've ever heard about The Wicker Man. Like, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, by the way, it turns out it's great. Well, it's one of those films <laughs> like Planet of the Apes, where you're like, well, I know the ending, there's no point watching this. Well, that's it, yeah. But then everyone who's watched it is like, no, there is. There is. <laughs> it's really good. But um, so I now am recognizing all sorts of other references. Chris already got some of them. I didn't. The the, the fact that yeah, the, the Green Man, the Green Man Inn, is where they both take place. Yeah, the Sun thing, the Sun emblem, the the punch costume, are all from the Wicker Man. The idea of him rescuing the girl and the girl turning him back over to the villagers. Mm. It's funny actually because it's like reading the story. We mm. th the first page of this issue does take a little time to explain why the girl turns Knuckles back over to the villagers, which last issue didn't. Yeah, uh, and she says it's because legends foretold that the red one will die at our hands and if she didn't turn him over then she'd be sacrificed instead mm. and the idea that they were ever going to sacrifice her instead of the whole procession and rescue being a big fake mm. uh it's like the, the question we asked last issue remains true now why didn't they just ambush him when he was asleep in his bed instead of when he was asleep in a barn yes <laughs> that, yes and and also there's the part in i think it was part one where they were all going like he is the one. He is, he the, is one. the one. He is the one. It, it does make you wonder why they were ever interested in the girl at all, why they ever would be. Mm. He is the one. You almost wonder if the only reason it does end this way is because you can't just do the Wicker Man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what it, it feels like. It feels like it's written with an assumed knowledge on the part. It's obviously not because yeah. it's for magazine for children. <laughs> yeah. But it almost feels like it's written from the assumption that the audience will have some knowledge of the Wicker Man. <laughs> yes, and therefore that it has to deviate from it in some way. Otherwise, what's the point? I wonder if the pyre is a big wicker egg. Two bald men fighting over a comb. For the robotic egg aspect of it. Or because it will roll. Yes. Because that is how Knuckles gets out of it. Yes. He, uh, he leans over in it and, and makes it fall out of the pyre, roll down a hill and break on the rocks by a riverbank. Yes. Also, I don't believe we'd, we'd had the uh, village elder's name given to us before Mesmer. No, I don't think so. I mean, if, we, if we'd heard that before... It might have given us a clue. jumped ahead to, to the conclusion <laughs> of the story a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I do like that having rolled the thing down the hill and broken it open, what Knuckles does is he goes up to him and he goes, Right, you. <laughs> yeah, he, they come down the hill after him. And what they find is him menacingly standing on a rock in the middle of the river, <laughs> smouldering, steaming wreck of the cage behind him going, 
what kept you? <laughs> and then he, he doesn't run, piles straight into it, snatches the staff out of his hand, and that breaks the spell. And now, now ultimately, that's not very interesting. That's a very children's media resolution to any kind of story like this. Well, I was really expecting him to smash it on the ground, as is the conclusion to Jafar in Aladdin, doing this exact same thing. Yeah, or, or any hypnotic staff type thing. Yeah. yeah, it's a very straightforward children's media. Oh, they weren't all bad, really. It was all just one bad person messing with them thing. But then the last two pages happen and elevate the level of everything else going on in this. Yeah. Well... First, they nosedive it into the ground, and then they somehow pull it back brilliantly, <laughs> where it turns out that that foghorn leghorn-looking chicken landlord of the tavern is literally Dr. Robotnik in a rubber mask. <laughs> yeah, doing a foghorn like, leghorn voice. <laughs> Will writers please stop doing this at this point? Will people please stop doing stories where Robotnik puts on rubber masks and comes out among the people? I mean, Kitching hasn't done one since... Doctor Sun, Sun? Mm. and he did the one where Robotnik came out to do his own dirty work in uh, Sonic No More. But we've all agreed that was bad, you know. <laughs> and the other two times Stringer's done it, and those were goofier stories anyway. Yeah. The, then the the end of the Wicker Man is that you know Christopher Lee pulls off his rubber mask and reveals he's Doctor Robotnik, <laughs> like you know. <laughs> but then the story pulls it back at this ending where Robotnik explains it was a test of Mesmer's hypnotic powers. Imagine if I could find a way to use his powers on the whole of Mobius. The entire planet would be under my complete control. And Knuckles says, it'll never happen, Robotnik. It's just you and me now. Your guards aren't here to protect you. Well, just what do you intend to do, Knuckles? As the ruler of this planet, you can't exactly send me to prison. I'm perfectly safe. <laughs> and he gets this mock, terrified expression, pulls his fingers up to his face and goes, Do you plan to kill me? <laughs> and then he just goes, <laughs> And Knuckles has to walk away yeah. saying, Don't tempt me. That's amazing! It's flipping brilliant. It's so good. It ex it, uh, apart from anything else, right? When you're a kid and you're reading Sonic and you're playing Sonic, you do sort of assume that the goal is to kill Dr. Robotnik. And yeah, then, but when you're confronted yeah, with the fact... Yeah, the reality of it. And he's like, yeah, no, of course. No, Knuckles isn't... It's, it, it's one thing if, like, Sonic boffed the underside of his mecha and it exploded and fell off screen yeah. and he died in the explosion. That's okay. Uh, but what Robotnik is putting forward here is yeah. that Knuckles is going to beat him to death with his own two hands. Yeah. Go on, then. Go on, then. And the thing <laughs> is... On, what are you going to do? And it's like, Knuckles could do that. He, and it easily. would be better for the planet. Yeah. But he's he's the good guy. Yeah. He's not going to do that. It wouldn't know? be the moral thing to do. And that just sort of... You sit back from that and go, Oh, God, because that that goes for Sonic. That go when, We're never going to get rid of it. And it's funny that it comes right now. Mm. At a moment in time, we're recording this very soon after there has been a flap among the dumbest people on the internet <laughs> about the most recent issue of IDW Sonic, where Sonic doesn't kill Robotnik. This is what years of Archie does to you. Is that what the is that what that flap was That's about? That's what that flap's about. That Sonic lets Robotnik live. God, I thought it was a I thought someone does die and the flap was about that or something. No, it's that Sonic says he won't kill Robotnik. <laughs> Sonic hopes Robotnik can be convinced to give it up one day. Sonic the Hedgehog cannot and will not ever kill 
Dr. Robotnik, because that would be to kill a man. Yeah. And that's... And there's a certain way you can, as I said, just described it there. If if he dies in an explosion of his own machine that Sonic breaks, yeah, that, that's sort of... He did get that. Away with that. Robotnik That's did a Disney that. death, mm, you know? Yeah. But it's like, even remember when Sonic knocked the mecha off the edge of the floating island at the end of the Sonic 3 and Knuckles storyline, you know, yeah. when he watched it fall and he was like, I, I didn't I didn't mean to... Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like even he, he caught himself. He didn't plan. He's not, of course, he's not going to do it. But it's great that it comes at the end. This bit comes at the end of a story where obviously the conceit has been that Robotnik is trying to get them to kill Knuckles. And it's yeah. like, do you plan to kill me in this dark forest with a funeral pyre still yeah. smoldering? You wouldn't. You wouldn't kill a man, would you? Yeah. Like I would, yeah. the implication is. Yeah. And it sets up this idea that, yeah, if we're taking Robotnik down. We need to start thinking differently about what that means. It's not about spin attacking. It's not about getting him. It's about... you got to break his power base. Yeah. Like, the people don't want him as their leader. Yeah. You have to break his ability to enforce his will. Yeah. And that is something the comic is going to examine soon. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. It's brilliant timing. It's brilliant storytelling. It's thr- thrilling. That one panel, that... Do you plan to kill yeah. me with the mock terror the fingers brought the quivering up to his face, mocking Knuckles with six yeah. simple words like, oh. and then so he just good. cackles with that great Dobbin sneering, cackling, yeah. big toothy ha 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 face. It just, it, it's like saying, yeah, no matter what, I will always win. I am Dr. Robotnik and you are the good guys, so I will win. And in that moment... It suddenly manages to recontextualize a very dumb thing where Robotnik was dressed as a giant chicken a page earlier, where <laughs> yeah. it's like, yeah, he can do this, yeah. because what are you going to do? <laughs> he can do anything he wants. Yeah. It didn't work in Sonic no more, because... Because it what, was crap. Six, well, apart from it being <laughs> crap, six issues earlier, Sonic had just shown he was perfectly willing and capable to lock Robotnik in his basement. Uh, of course, they didn't have a base at the time, but that was, well... still. That, well, they did because Sonic No More was shown out of sequence and they did still have the base in <laughs> Sonic No More. <laughs> you know, where Sonic said just to get out of here at the yeah. end. is like, no, but, so- but Knuckles, what's, what's Knuckles going to do? Like yeah. tie him up and drag him and a chest of documents back to the floating <laughs> island? No, he can't do anything, you know? Oh, he should have done that. And like, as the series goes on, Knuckles is just dragging more and more stuff. <laughs> oh, come on. Every issue, something else, yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, a very unexpected... You know, I was reading this and I was like, well, how's he going to get out of this? Because I've realised in between issues that the Wicker Man is is over now. So mm. I was like, oh, hypnotic. Well, that's a pretty standard kids yeah. cartoon. Not not judging it too harshly. What the fuck? It's Robotnik in this guy. And then this last page slam jammed. <laughs> just like, ooh, you just snuck that one in, didn't you? Ooh, you and your ideas. <laughs> ooh, next issue, the good, the bad, and the echidna. <laughs> we could just do that in our heads now. We don't have to read yeah. it. <laughs> Maybe we have to watch the good, the bad, and the ugly yes. for, for. Yeah, uh, for, I've for the never next. seen that. I haven't actually seen that ever. No, I'm not big on western. There yet. we go. Well, same. So it does perhaps feel like this Knuckles travels home story arc might be descending into genre parody <laughs> yeah as it goes on we've done the wicker man we'll see now maybe maybe it's just a western in general and it's not because yeah. this was a this was very specifically the wicker man yeah yeah but who knows is the good the bad making a, a genuine pastiche or or take off of the good the bad and the ugly and what other genres will knuckles get involved <laughs> in as he continues his way home 
Our greatest hit. It is an ad for Skittles. Yes. Well, so, so no, it's one of those ad compo type dealies. Yeah. Where the ad is an illustration of five people with fruits for heads. Yes. The five delicious fruit flavors found in every bag of Skittles. There's an orange person, a strawberry person, a blackcurrant person, a lime person, and a lemon person. And they're all dressed up kind of uh, blues brothery, mobstersy. Sunglasses, suits, fedoras, fedoras, and there's a lady one there too. Yes, <laughs> she's the strawberry. It could make you famous. Can you be a big hit like Ollie Orange? <laughs> no, they don't name any of the other characters. Did we Google this? Have we Googled this? Yes, we, we have Google. Googled it. This is a preview of their ad campaign that starts on TV next year, according to YouTube. Oh, really? But it's a bit either sanitized here for a kids comic or hasn't been fully developed into what it'll be yet. The idea is that these are full-on mobsters armed with comically gigantic machine guns. And in the advert, their bodies are real people. Uh, their heads and weapons are CG. Uh, yes. And it's that very bouncy, springy sort of CG we had at the time. And what they do is they shoot children with their machine guns in what they call a fruit hit. I, I assume the machine guns fired Skittles. Oh, that's right, yeah. It fires big fruit, which hit the children and leave them dead on the floor, splayed out. <laughs> like corpses. But with a big smile on their face, and that's what Skittles do to you. Yes, they're not dead. They are over. They're blissed out by the flavor yes, of yes, Skittles. That's exactly. It's just that they're unmoving on the floor, and they've gone through a big pile of boxes, or or what have you. <laughs> um, but yes, it, it's it's a bit further than I expect a Skittles advert to go with the imagery of shooting children dead. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> let me let me look at it quickly. Between us, guys, you eat Skittles, you expect a hit, right? Lenny and Larry juiced the first two with real juice. One tried to hide. Guess he didn't figure on Ozzy and Susie. And the undercurrents, they had the last word. You never wore one of us, Benny. Softer center skittles. Real fruit for a real hit. <laughs> and it ends with the guys shooting the guy who's narrating the ad because he's a banana-headed person and you don't get banana flavours in Skittles. I think that's a uh, mistake there because that just makes me go, well, well gimme. I want a banana flavour Skittles. God, you're annoying. Are Skittles even different actual flavours, though? Yeah. Are they? Individual fruit flavours. God, you know, cut that bit, because that really sounded like I was properly having a go at you there. <laughs> <laughs> you and I know we're only messing, but sometimes I worry about how this comes across in the audio. Like that bit where, where, where I was having a go at your song lyrics uh, from the diary zone. I'm, I'm worried about how that's going to sound in audio format. I'll see how it comes out in the edit and I'll... I'll yeah. <laughs> But this is before they've uh, done that. There's going to be an ad campaign. Yeah, because they say, well, you YouTube dates the ad to 1997 anyway. This implies that there's going to be an ad campaign and you can be part of it. Yes, uh, you could star in our next ad in this magazine. Send us a series. Now, th now this is this is some you who I'll make a collage. It is. Unpaid spec work, this is. Never do that. Never, never enter these. Send Exposure. us a series of four drawings or photos showing you with your packet of Skittles, which tell the exciting story of what <laughs> happens when you eat them. <laughs> so they want you to make a four-panel comic. Yeah. The six funniest and most original entries will be chosen to appear in this magazine. Six? That's loads. 
And I, I don't know if it happens. No, I've no memory of this happening. Because I mean, this is this isn't an STC no. bespoke ad. It just says this magazine, mm. you know, and it says if you look down in the stipulations. Winning entries will be featured in a selection of children's magazines. So it may, the result may not ever be yeah. printed in the pages of STC. Yeah. We'll have to we'll have to keep watching and see. I'll tell you what else it says. All entries must be received by the 30th of September. This comic's dated the 17th. And even if you go by when it comes out, it's not long to get this thing done, is it? Oh wow, yeah, they've been uh, they've been that's, that's about just shy of a month. This yeah. came out the 4th. So that's not too bad, but that's a quite a short date, yeah. Mm. The six winners and 1,000 runners-up will also get a Skittles camera. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, there's too many cameras in the world at this stage. Do you <laughs> think that the industry has seen digital cameras coming and they're just trying to offload all of their stock? <laughs> you know, it's little, little Instamatic cameras. It was the mid-90s, Dave. Well, well, see, you didn't go places, so you had very few, <laughs> few reasons to take photos of anything. That's true, yeah. You drew. You yeah. drew illustration. See, imagine if you had a little camera. Well, no, you wouldn't have wanted to. You would have much preferred to draw it. Well, yeah, but still. In your diary, you know, uh, but a child who didn't have to rely on mom to take a photo of mm. whatever, they could just snap a little... You know, a little Sonic and Knuckles camera, a little Skittles camera that they got from whatever, you know. You know what? I will expose my privilege even further. The reason I wasn't interested in these was because I had my own camera. Get a load of this guy. Yeah. But I but still didn't use it very often. I took it. I always took it with me on, on holiday and school trips. Didn't get used. I mean, that's the thing, you know. It was, it was the developing part mm. that was the nuisance, you know. It's yeah. like kids today, and, and I'm sorry, <laughs> but kids today don't understand how good they have it with a, a high-def camera in their pocket at all times. We had to rely on winning cameras out of <laughs> spec work competitions yeah, you and magazines. To, you had to put together a photo comic of you eating Skittles and then falling over or whatever. Like, what could you even do? Well, that's it. I don't know. It'd be some old... You'd, you, I would imagine the number of entries they received where a person's head exploded in the five rainbow colours... Must have been uncountable. Hopefully not in photograph form. Well, I imagine they... <laughs> There's kids blowing up their heads, especially for this. They could have drawn it on there. Yeah, yeah well, I t- do you know what? i tell you what. Oh, I know what they got a lot of. They got a lot of a kid holding up a purple, say, Skittle. Mm-hmm. Eating it. And then the last picture, they've got purple face paint on. Yep, yep. A lot of that. There's a lot of that action, yeah. So we'll see if any of these ever see print. Yeah. Real fruit for a real hit, it says across the bottom, which is the, the slogan from the ad we've just seen. So mm-hmm. uh, YouTube may well have the date wrong. Could have been running earlier. Or this could be, as you say, this could be like a, a build-up to it. Well, we're, the, we're towards the end of 96 now. And, you know, that's the closing date, not when they say they're going to print the advert. So maybe this started on the dot of 97. I've never skittle in ages. <laughs> Treat yourself. It's a drawing of a crab meat. Tales. Trooper Trouble, Part 2. Written by Lou Stringer. Art by Carl Flint. Colours by Gina Hart. And letters by Tom Frame. The captive Tails and Clive are loaded aboard a transport aircraft bound with electric manacles. But Clive is able to put his engineering skills to work and soon cuts power, not just to the manacles, but to the entire ship. Tails flies them to safety as the ship falls out of the sky and they return to the Wood Village Zone, where Tails improves Clive's reputation among the townsfolk by telling them how he took out a whole ship of badniks. Do you remember how recently you were talking about how the first half of the comic is going to be the good, awesome action stuff, and then the back half's going to be old fluff? Mm-hmm. That 
<laughs> and I thought, I thought, based on the fact that this was a two-parter, that there might be something more mm. to it than Tails gets in a fight and wins, and it ends with Lou Stringer making a Beano-level pun. <laughs> Not! Uh, you understand that I have a problem with Beano-level puns. No, no. But, you know, I would hope for more. This is the sort of story where covering it on a podcast is like covering an Abino story. That's it, you know. It's... I feel like it's another one where seven pages could have been done in one, five pages had to be split across two parts. It's got some good dialogue I like on page one. Tails, uh, it, you know, he's confident that he can break out of this and he says, oh, I'll find a way out, Clive. I'm always being captured. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's good, yeah. And Clive says, doesn't exactly inspire me with confidence, Tails. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you get that screwdriver from? Tails asks when Clive pulls a screwdriver out of nowhere. I'm never without one. I'm into science and technology, remember? Yeah, because people who are into science and technology are known for just carrying <laughs> screwdrivers around. Also, he's in his boxers. Yeah. Where did he get the screwdriver from? Well, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> um, we shan't examine that. Yeah, let's not. I do like the bit where there's Clive working on this panel. He's trying to get it done. And a trooper comes in and goes, like, what's going on here? And Tails does such a good little everything's normal smile. <laughs> <laughs> that actually is really good. I didn't even really notice it. <laughs> he's not saying anything. He's just like, ah, it's yeah. like, ah. <laughs> fine. Um, As the panel falls off the wall. And then after that. Carl Flint gets to play. Yeah. You have two pages of Carl... Normally, Carl Flint is doing fairly, like, ordinary comics. He's drawing yeah. the panels of the people doing the things. But now... So what happens at this point? This is the point at which they discover that, the yeah, the ship is starting to fall. So first, Carl tilts a panel and has it tilt across the page to show... And, and it, you know, it makes it feel way more natural as, as they all topple over. Yeah, and behind that is this image of the of the ship falling out of the sky. But all you need to do is show some sky and a little ship falling, so he's he's able to fit that in. And there's a lot of tumbling around, and you know the the camera spinning around. And then you turn the page, and Carl gives us what isn't quite a full page picture. It is actually still a page of panels, mm. but they're separated from each other mostly by lines that clouds. are naturally occurring yeah clouds motion lines one panel is split by the motion line of tails flying along and it really gives you this wide open sense of falling through the sky it is good yeah, well, well well it's like it's a sort of one panel and not one panel mm. because the background the blue sky the clouds the grass below that looks like it's just one big vista shot of the sky and the ground and that we're you know we're watching tails and clive as they tumble down through it in various steps yeah. and it's just yeah there's a cloud here or a motion line there to divide their movements as they fall down through the tiers of the page yeah i didn't know carl could do this stuff it's no he, he's quite quite straightforward most of the time yeah, yeah, you know yeah. Um, I mean, I remember, see, so do you remember that very nice cave he drew in the um, <laughs> the one where they went underground with Tantrum? But yeah, he works at about one level, you know, and then every once in a while something like that pops up and you're like, oh, oh hey, look at that. I mean, compared to a previous page where we're seeing everything flip upside down and everything, we've got a panel of two badnik troopers at the command console of the ship as it falls from the sky. They're almost fully upside down. And have you noticed, like, the bacon sarnie and the cup of coffee and the salt shaker that are just <laughs> spiraling around in the foreground oh, and background yeah. <laughs> um, what on earth is that in the bottom right hand corner a balloon with a smiley face on it a balloon with a smiley face on it apparently <laughs> yeah why i don't know okay. it feels like maybe you looked around the office yes and, uh... <laughs> yeah because it's and it's not inflated or rather it's maybe mm. deflating now and it's just that one of the robots had a balloon <laughs> oh my god what i just noticed look at the dead center left of the panel 
Oh, what, this guy leaning in? Just that one tiny little guy peeping around the door with a big sad head on him! Really big sad grumpy <laughs> face on him, like um, whichever one of Zig and Zag it is that has the hinged mouth. Yeah, he's got such a big... <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, look <laughs> I didn't at him. notice him back there. Oh, that's cute. I wouldn't want STC to always look like Carl Flint's art, you know? I'm not going to sit here and, you know, proclaim him one of the great sonic artists of our time. But he was key to the visual identity of the comic, having done so many covers. Mm. But every once in a while, yeah, he really comes out and surprises me with something that will make me giggle like that or whatever. Well, this is the thing. I'm glad he was able to have these two good pages because, yes, the rest of the time he's really struggling to draw what a donkey's mouth does to make expressions. (laughs) That looks very odd and gooey. Yeah. A lot of the time. And so it's nice. And remember last time we got these two little dog characters. Mm-hmm. George and Mildred. They're nice. Uh, that's the sort of thing he's good at. But it turns out he's good at this. You know, everybody falling over and angles and the camera whooshing around and things toppling everywhere. He's good at that. It's funny because he's got such squishy, cutesified art that it looks like it would be well suited to it. But maybe it just doesn't lend itself to Sonic characters. But it's also so cute and squishy that it doesn't look like it lends itself 100% to action stuff either. It's a weird middle ground. And to be fair, it's an odd middle ground that Sonic himself, conceptually, visually, artistically, occupies. Uh-huh. It's just Flint doesn't seem to sit on the right spot for sonic It's weird, isn't it? Well, when you Google Carl Flint, mm. what you see that he's sort of much better at is doing quite extreme, exaggerated caricatures of... Mm. Oh, I can yeah, see that. Pop yeah. singers and the like. And it's it's almost a completely different style that he's much better at. So here he's been asked to, you know, draw some cute little fox guys. And he's like, well, I mean, I'll give it a go. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and they, you know, evidently they liked him because they hired him all the time. And the story ends with Tails saying, if it wasn't for Clive Skillet cancelling the power of the shuttlecraft, we'd be prisoners of Dr. Robotnik. Cool. Clive helped Tails. Wow. We thought he was just a wimp. And they shake his hand and the whole village crowds around. I quite like the animals in the village, actually. And then Tails flies off into the setting sun, thinking to himself, oh, well, hopefully Clive's cured from making an ass of himself in the future because he's an ass like a donkey's ass. Like a donkey's ass. (laughs) Well, no, not like a donkey's ass, but you know what (laughs) I mean. Like a donkey's (laughs) an ass. (laughs) Look at Rango there in the background. <laughs> Rango, yep. <laughs> Flint's always kind of sneaking unusual Mobians like that. And do you remember when yeah. you do that fish guy with the water yeah. bowl helmet in the in the time travel yeah. story a few issues ago, you know? And this this big buggly eyed yeah, Rango guy. Next issue, easy target. I could do a break from Tail Strip Snap, I'm brutally honest. Mm, yeah. It's all the cheats, isn't it? You know, so we know them all. Yeah. It's the, the, the level select, the supersonic cheat, the old reset your console to get the emeralds cheat. Yeah. The level select, though, it, it, though sometimes the way that they put these, like, look, yeah. go to the options screen, listen to song 19, press button C. Listen to song 65, press C. Listen to song 9, press C. You'd think you had to sit there and let them play all the way through, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Listen to. But you don't. You just press it, and then press it, and then press it, and press it. You don't have to listen to them. And then you've got Auto Supersonic, More Continues. Collect all the emeralds. He's ripping the piss now. Go to the options screen and select the mode you wish to play in. Sonic alone, Jesus Tails alone, wept. or both together. Do- Good God. That just- has nothing to do with it. You might as well say, first take the game from the little pile next to the beanbag where you chucked it. Yeah. Open the box. Just say, start the game. Like- yeah, ridiculous. And then the level select in the top right. 
isn't one. No, they goofed up with the... I mean, they just accidentally repeated the text. They've copied it over. It's the old, is it true, is it not? Press the C (laughs) button to get the rollers on the Casino Night fruit machine to stop. Yeah, yeah. If you timed it to perfection, reels two and three will get the same symbol as the real one. That's uh, an easy bit of deniability, isn't it? I don't know if it's ever been proven or not, but I've never no. jumped into one of those fruit machines without doing it. <laughs> you can't. Well, you can't. You've got a button. You have to wait. Obviously, you're going to hold a button down. <laughs> then randomly, just a few tips on how to beat Robotnik in the Casino Night Zone, the Death Egg Zone, and the Metropolis Zone. In that order. In that order. order. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the final boss is the middle one for some reason. Next issue, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 Mega Drive Hints and Tips. What were these then? Plus revelations on the Game Gear and Master System. Revelations on the Game Gear and Master System. That's like Bridge Zone to defeat the boss, run to the left of the screen and behold a pale horse. And his name that sits on it is Death. And and Hell follows with him. Hit him eight times and he'll be history. (laughs) Speaking of history and revelations, what have you got for us today in the... Diary I have a bad case of diary. I have a bad case of diary. I have a bad case of diary. Yes, half the point of STCTP is that we were sick of everybody not having the correct context for these comics. And part of that context that we want to deliver to you is a total understanding of what it was like to be a child in the UK living at this time. And to that end, I've got my old diary here and I'm just going to read it to you. September. What a cool month. (laughs) The month when everything comes on TV. Ah, you'd noticed that even then. I don't think I'd made note of that yet. I didn't think I really realized that's when the new season of television started yet. Yeah, I don't think I knew that as a rule, but I was aware that this month it was happening and I've listed it. For instance, the big breakfast is changing dramatically tomorrow. (laughs) What was this? They changed the hosts. Oh, they did. They they changed the whole house, didn't they? At some point, I bet that was this. I don't know about that. I mean, it was always this. It was always lockkeepers' cottages. Two lockkeepers' cottages. Old Ford Ford Lock, London London E three two N N. The Muppets Tonight starts on Friday. Hey, Muppets Tonight! Absolute banger, Muppets Tonight. I feel like it's not well regarded by history, but I always enjoyed it. Funniest Muppets has ever been. If you're a human being, take a break from the race. Take a load off. Fiamma coming through. Yeah, yeah, and Pepe flipping was in it. He was introduced. He was. He was a king prawn, okay? And there was that one where they went, oh, what acts on now? And they looked at the screen and it was two flat faced Muppets looking at each other in time to music and then they started slamming their faces on the anvils. <laughs> <laughs> Muppets, hey, they were good sometimes. Oh, we were talking about that in school the next morning and that had never happened with the Muppets before. They were never that funny. Anyway. Oh, no, Muppets were always funny. It's just, uh, you know, they were funny for their specific times. The Simpsons is on sometime. I think that's The Simpsons starting on terrestrial TV. Ooh, could be, yeah. It was a BBC One originally. I think so, to start it? with, it launched yeah. launched on BBC One on, I want to yeah. say, Saturdays. So is Voyager, Star Trek Voyager starting, and... BBC Two. Didn't know it was going to be crap. 
<laughs> oh, careful now. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, mm, less well-regarded, the Ace Ventura cartoon was also starting, but... Eh. You know, it could have been brilliant. Who knows? I mean, the Ace Ventura cartoon is... is It's just Ace Ventura as a cartoon, you know? Yeah. Is it, it, your regard for it is... Predicated on your regard for Ace Ventura. There's no way it could have been any better or different than it was. It was exactly what it said on the tin. Yes, and the thing is, at this point, I haven't watched Ace Ventura, so I'm just ah. going with what they're telling me is good. Um, it also says here that I did The Secret Life of Dooglum Florence. Um... I found that. I can splice it in here. It's uh, it's what you may be imagining it is. I have taken a load of episodes of the Magic Roundabout and I've spliced together the bits that sound like they're doing sex with each other. I was going to make a joke, <laughs> but it turns out I don't have to. You dirty, dirty boy. Bad boy, dirty boy. In, in your, bed. your bed. I'll tell you what, I'll stand up for one thing. This does end on an actual punchline. Ooh. Hello, Dougal, said Florence. What shall we do? Now, be sensible, Dougal, please. Well, I don't feel like it. Well, that's a fine attitude, I must say. What is it? said Florence. Oh, said Florence. Is that all? I thought it was something serious. Well, said Florence. All right. Florence greeted Dougal, who seemed to be in need of a little care and attention. You seem very pleased to see me, said Florence. Oh, I am, I am, said Dougal. Show me your droopy heliotropes, she said. All may not be lost. What's this sudden interest in those little feathered fiends, said Dougal. Oh, come on, Dougal. Only if you promise not to laugh, said Dougal. Well, this is it. It's, uh, it's absolutely lovely, said Florence. I just feel sick, that's all. Time for bed, I think, he said. Shall we go? And they went. Well, this is it, said Florence. It's lovely, said Dougal, climbing on. Now don't be nervous. What are you doing, Dougal? asked Florence. Isn't it obvious, said Dougal? No, it's not. Dougal did appear to be up to something unusual, to say the least. Clever, isn't it? Very, said Florence. Dougal tried to get the rest of his things in, without much success. And Florence said she'd help if Dougal promised to keep calm. But I'll bet you wouldn't like to have a bent stalk, said Dougal. Nothing worse than a droopy heliotrope. They pushed. Oh, I've done it. I've done it. No, not quite, said Florence. So they pushed some more. The relief. All done, said Florence. Oh, I'm glad you've arrived, he said. And Florence agreed. Mm, yes. Oh, Oh, Dougal. <laughs> that was lovely, said Florence. Oh, I'm not really very skilled. You are, said Florence. I'm better at bird imitations, really. I hope we don't get into trouble over this, said Dougal. Give us a kiss. 
later, said Mr. McHenry. It's <laughs> <laughs> quite a good little ending. This is what happens when you combine <laughs> Dave's decades of yes. audiophile talent <laughs> with the burgeoning horniness <laughs> of a, what are we now? 15? Four, no, 14. 14 the, with the unrestrained horniness of a 14 year old. I don't think I would describe myself as unrestrained horny, but... Are you sure? You edited characters from the Magic Roundabout together on an audio tape to sound like they were having sex. Are you sure you weren't horny at a level previously unexpressed? Previously unexpressed by me, but I think that's the definition of restrained horny, is when you're expressing the horniness through tapes of BBC... (laughs) (laughs) Children's media, you know. It's an unusual filter, I'll grant you that. Friday the 6th, which can be expressed as 6996, so I've pointed that out as an amusing... Yes. Muppets Tonight, British premiere. Um, I say nothing more about it, but I know that I enjoyed it. But we now have some STC content, and it'll surprise you. Oh. It'll surprise you. Oh. It'll be this issue, right? Friday the 6th, it'll be two days after this issue came out. Well, my hypothesis that it'll surprise you has borne fruit. My copy of the Knuckles Knockout special arrived. <laughs> At last! <laughs> At we have last. a date! I don't think we have anything like that! <laughs> Decided to try and win the 32X and Chaotix and the Knuckles Cuddly Toy and Artwork. I've decided to try Uh, We know I didn't succeed Whether I even bothered sending it off or not You were still within the date The closing date for that contest was the 27th of this month September So you were just within that boundary By just a couple of weeks Oh, Probably what what motivated you You saw how tight the boundary was Sprang into action like a coiled spring Also decided to write Reflections book Am I intending here to write a novelization of that story where Knuckles had an evil mirror? <laughs> Oof, I don't know, maybe because that was the name of the story and in the special, and yeah. you right then and there. That's oh well. weird. Surely this diary is your reflection. Is <laughs> my evil mirror? <laughs> Sunday the eighth. Learned to draw chaotix. Got back onto world two of Donkey Kong Land after wiping my save game on Mum's birthday of this year, and oh. realised that the game rules, but not as much as chaotix. Doesn't hold up anymore. Mm, no. Which I'm getting for Christmas, along with a 32X and Warhammer 40,000. Well, what a oh. cascade of lies that is. <laughs> untruth after untruth after untruth. <laughs> Friday the 13th. Not at all unlucky. Really lucky, in fact. I got a new zip drive for the Amiga. <laughs> That's like a hard drive, only it takes 100 megabyte discs, which means I'll never run out of hard drive space again. You know what? I didn't. That's true. Notorious zip drives for breaking and going wrong, but never to me. Never to me. My zip drives and discs just lasted and they were all fine and it was all fine. Uh, so yeah, so, and we never filled it. We never filled that first 100 megabytes because it was Amiga. That's 100 discs. What are you going to do? And the first thing I did with it was I managed to, and it says here, nick the Simon the Sorcerer title music and extend it. Yes, I did. I made it my own. I, d- I made it twice as long, and I, I was like, I always whistle along with Simon the Sorcerer, and I made up my own little counter melody, so I'm going to put it in. Oh, and while I'm here, I'll do this, and I'll have this other little movement here, and I'll do this, and I'll do that. It's no doubt playing beneath no doubt words playing as we speak right, right now. <laughs>
Ralph went round to Andy's and we found out how to talk to chaps online. <laughs> I mean, the freezing. Freezing. <laughs> but the important thing is we found out how to talk to people online. This cool guy called Satan <laughs> showed us how to do actions. You type forward slash me and then you type the action description. And also, he taught us how to download things to people's hard drives. So send files. Yeah, files and finally, Tuesday the 17th, really bad cold today, so I was off. So I started my Made of Pie mod. Um, you'll find out. I'm made of pie. Pie? Pie. I'm made of pie. Pie? Pie. I'm made of pie. Pie? Pie. I'm made of pie. I'm made of pie. Pie? Pie. I'm made of pie. Pie? Pie. I'm made of pie. Pie? Pie. I'm made of pie. I'm made of pie. 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 I'm made of pie. 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 I'm made of pie. 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 I'm made of pie. I'm made of pie. 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 I'm made of pie. 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 I'm made of pie. 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 I'm made of pie. And I started the script for Knuckles Crystal of Evil in my new A4 lined pad. So that plausibly... Sounds like an updated, expanded, modified version of the mirror story. Oh, it could be. Maybe I've spun off and I'm like, I'm not bothered about this mirror now. I'm doing Crystal of Evil. I Crystals, don't know what, yeah, yeah. I don't know what that was. But, uh, but there was a lined pad around this time that I took to school and lost and never got back. Oh, and I'm furious because it had a, what I thought at the time was a really good script for a comic that I, is part of the comic I'm drawing right now and I could really do with those notes. But uh, no, it never, never resurfaced, despite definitely having my name on it. So someone obviously, a child found it, went, her, her, and threw it in a bin. Rightly so. Refuse Refuse What? Yeah. In the back. In the back. Yeah. In the back. Here? Yes. It's the review. It's only one page. It's the left-hand page, and it's uh, to sports. Yeah, I mean, that's secondary to the fact that they've bumped it to one page after the Q-Zone. Normally there'd be an ad here, but weird. Strange. It doesn't deserve to be here at all. (laughs) It's nice that we can get an issue that has a review zone and a graphic zone and a pinup yes. all together. Yes. You know, that, that's that's nice, you know. If you like that sort of thing. We normally only allowed two of those. You can only pick two. Well, it's a review for Slam and Jam 96, uh, which is actually called Slam and Jam 96 featuring Magic and Kareem. Mm. But David Gibbon, I can't tell if he's joking or if he doesn't know who either of those people are. Oh, no, he's definitely serious. Remember, he's done basketball game reviews before. We've talked about this weird American sport that <laughs> they they did, they've decided people must like over here that we'd never actually heard of so he is fully doing stctp energy yes but only about this sport yes it seems that you know (laughs) some time ago a machine called the mega drive had a basketball (laughs) game released for it called nba jam right that's about 10 or so extra words that i need (laughs) we're off to a good start here guys i'll get this banged out in no time really filling up the column itches 
It became a huge success, 4 million, yada yada yada. The Saturn has seen various bicycle games, none have been groundbreaking. Now there's a new game in town, Slam and Jam 96, featuring 5 on 5 basketball, including all the rules and play, as you'd expect from a basketball game. Genuinely thought he was going to start like listing the rules of basketball there. Such as dribbling. Such as dribbling, passing, shooting, dunking, traveling as well as two apparently well-known players called Magic Johnson <laughs> and Kareem, Kareem misspelled, yeah, yeah, misspelled. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Many of the moves are based around their type of... And I swear to God, I thought he was going to start listing moves. <laughs> but all he says is, no look passes. I'm so conditioned by given reviews. What this review doesn't mention about this game, unless you really pay attention to the screenshots, is that unlike... You know, any other basketball game I think I've seen, it appears to be played with the opposite camera angle to normal. So it's pointing along the court with a basketball mm. net, sorry, with a net at the like far yeah. and near end. Yeah. Far and near. <laughs> and with the camera moving back and forward because 3D. You have to do 3D mm -hmm. these days. So that yeah. means that the far basket actually looks fine to play around. But as soon as you're at the other end, the near basket pops into view and, like, covers up the players and just gets completely in the way. Instant replays, multiple camera angles, and commentary from America's CNN combinator... Van Earl Wright all add to the atmosphere. It's funny how he's able to just drop the name of somebody that nobody on this earth has ever heard of. Um, uh, that's not true. Um, he doesn't know who Magic Johnson is. Yeah, but doesn't know who Magic Johnson is, like without any kind of ironic commentary about that, you know? <laughs> so I think, yeah, I think David Gibbon has a bit of scorn for the fact that British people have to be expected <laughs> to buy a basketball game. Yeah. And so do we, but for different reasons. <laughs> It's an improvement over other Saturn basketball games and worth buying if you don't have a game of this type. Graves, no improvement over other basketball games. <laughs> <laughs> Contradictory there, Dave. Sonic's World Future Shock Part 1 Written by Lou Stringer Art by Roberto Corona Colours by Andy Pritchett and letters by Ella Tafel, miscredited as Tom Frame. <laughs> when Sonic gets stuck in a swamp, he he's rescued by a very unexpected ally, an elderly, super speedy, blue hedgehog who claims to be Sonic from 50 years in the future, who's come back in time to avert a looming disaster. Of course, Sonic doesn't believe a word of it. But when cell samples from the two hedgehogs are compared, the results say that the older Sonic really is who he says he is. I now actively look forward to Roberto Corona comics and think he's really good. Now that someone else is colouring his work all the time in particular? It's great, I love this. Pritchett's colouring's doing a good job with this. You know, yeah. you're very good at um, knowing when the letterists are miscredited, but I suppose we'll never know if a colourist is. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, once in a while, maybe. I, I feel like it's possible I've misidentified colourists in the past. Well, if, you know? if the, only because they will have, you know. Yeah. If it's ever happened. I mean, have, have the artists ever been miscredited at all? can't think of an example, but certainly wouldn't swear it hasn't happened. It's just that the letterers are miscredited all the time. It's right, you'd have to believe that maybe it did happen yeah. sometimes with the colorists. But it, it, yeah, it, it's, it's weird, yeah. <laughs> so I'm very much of two minds about this strip. Because, well, on the one hand, it's a Sonic's world that's literally just another Sonic story. Yep. You know, we're, we're a bit, you know, we don't love it when they do that. Then on the other hand, time travel. Mm -hmm, yeah. <laughs> then back on the other hand, 
No, he's fucking not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it mean, wouldn't. That, that wouldn't be the cliffhanger unless no, he's not. <laughs> like, a, I, I, I think this one goes for more than two parts, which is uh-huh. uh, it is very much Stringer flexing his adventure story soft sci-fi muscles again. Good. That, we like those muscles. Well, yes, and I'll give that a big thumbs up anytime. You know, that's much more interesting than, uh, than Tails does Abino. Yeah. I particularly love how at the end of this, when Sonic's like, yeah, I don't believe a word of this, old Sonic says, come on, Sonic, we both know time travel is possible from that adventure with the Time Stone. <laughs> the Sonic Terminator back in STC 24 to 28. Like, yeah, we do. Yeah. And then Tails pops up and is like, yeah, I had a time travel experience recently. That was weird. And there's the Echo Zone story from just a couple of issues ago. I almost wish Sonic went like, yeah, yeah, Tails, sure, sure. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. Man. Yeah, sure it is. Um, so I, I like that the story commits to selling the idea. Yeah. Sonic is as skeptical as the audience. Yeah. And I like that the story commits to selling the idea. Mm. And yet, no, he's f***ing not. Yeah, we know he's not because he hasn't got his crown on. <laughs> <laughs> quite like this um yeah this is an entertaining one i don't remember how it shakes out so even though he's clearly not i will look forward to finding out how he is not here's something i really like on page three there's old sonic and everyone sonic tails johnny they're all reacting with surprise and alarm or skepticism or whatever amy is ripping the piss. Whole <laughs> page. She's loving it. Yeah, she. But she's got the big. Sonic's furious. But yeah, <laughs> I'm you from fifty years in the future. And Sonic just replies, "Excuse me, bud." <laughs> big angry head on him. Tails has got mouthed. It can't be, can it? Johnny's like, it looks like him. He sounds like him. And Amy, big smile on the face, arms <laughs> tucked behind her back. You could imagine her swaying yeah. on the balls of her feet. Yeah. And he's just as sure of himself. And it's like, I think she might be enjoying the sight of a mature silver foxy Sonic, too, if I'm honest with you. <laughs> yeah, Sonic don't age too well, does he? <laughs> so, yeah, if you're not reading along, the agedness is conveyed yeah. by having him be a slightly paler, grayer shade of blue, mm-hmm. a little bit of chin fuzz, and he's wearing yep. a pair of pince-nez spectacles. Yeah. And he's got some more wrinkles on his brow <laughs> and round his okay. eyes. Of course, he's a bit wrinkly. I mean, it's hard to imagine what a wrinkly Sonic character would look like just through description, so I should guess it. He's got extra brow frown lines and crow's feet at the corners of his... where his muzzle meets the end. And you don't get to see it very often. (gasps) Yes. But he's got a little pair of tartan slippers on. Yes. (laughs) Yes, uh, obviously, those can stand up to the super speed. He must have found those in (laughs) Kentabor's lab or something. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And he tells of the future, where if they carry on doing what they're doing right now... They're going to create this future hellscape. And we get a drawing of the future hellscape. Ooh, I love the drawing of the future well, hellscape. It's 2000 AD stuff, isn't it? Yeah. The main feature is these shiny metal chrome eggs blasting everything with lasers. Like a chrome's egg. <laughs> like a chrome's egg. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Last time we did this, we swore we'd tell people what the hell that is that we keep doing. <laughs> Okay, yeah, go on then. Just to pause for a moment. If you've been listening along for 86 episodes and you wonder what on earth this, like, a bird's egg thing we keep (laughs) referencing is, it is actually a 90s reference from right around this time. It's from a program called This Morning with Richard Not Judy, which was a comedy uh, sketch show 
with uh, two comedians, Stuart Lee and Richard Herring, who had previously done a program called Fist of Fun on BBC mm. Two, and uh, it was a it was a late night show. That um, must have been around now. Must yes, it? Fist of Fun would have happened already yeah. by now. And this was a very strangely scheduled show, which aired late morning on Sunday on BBC Two. Is that when it was on? That's when it was on. Yeah, I watched it when it was. Do you not see it at the time? Or no, I did. I just don't remember when it was on. Mm. It was vastly inappropriate for the hour of day that it was on. But the joke was that it was the kind of uh, genteel Sunday morning viewing that would normally be on around this time. So they had little segments on. And one of the segments was a segment called Histor's Eye, in which two ratty old crow puppets, who were pirates, explored the history of the world. Wasn't it meant to be like a pastiche of Sky TV's attempts at kids? Well, they, they said they were on Sky TV. Yeah. So I don't know if it was specifically that. I missed our Sky TV's mascot pirate crow. I would have no idea what kind of nonsense was on Sky TV. No, no idea what would be on Sky <laughs> at the time, yeah. And like Histor, who was the bird who had the magic eye that took them back in time. He was actually, you know, secretly racist and had very conservative views and <laughs> frowned greatly on everything that they found in history. And Pliny, who was his first mate, every word out of his mouth was an incredibly forced bird pun. What place is this, Histor? This, Pliny, is the universe. The home of everything that exists. Everything that exists like a bird's egg. Ah, I said egg. But who is that man coming there, Histor? Hello, Histor. It is me, God. I created all that is. But God, if you made the universe, then who made you? That puppet crow has got a point. I cannot be real. I... No, Pliny! Now look what you've done! You've killed God! You naughty bird! Ha ha! I'm glad that God is dead! Ha ha! And that's what we keep referencing. <laughs> I don't know why it started. I can't remember why we started doing it. Well... We're not doing it because it has anything to do with this. We're doing it because we're from that time, and that's yes. what we do it's <laughs> when someone says egg. A moment of, of time, yeah. Now you know if you've been wondering all this time, sorry to shatter the mystique, but that's what it is. So as well as the crow megs, like a crow, like a crow egg, egg, there's like a crucifix jammed into the ground with what looks like the skull of a robot yeah. jabbed through the eye hole. A lot of Terminator going on here. Yeah. Because these chrome eggs are blasting death rays down from above and blowing up all these buildings behind them, mm. creating this burning landscape, silhouetting in the foreground a little Mobian who's got his hands up as a big, pointy, very 2000 AD looking yes. death robot with a rifle with a bayonet on it marches him <laughs> along to his presuming death. <laughs> it's a good panel. <laughs> yeah. You know, for kids. The antithesis of that is last page. Look at them in panel three. Listeners, Sonic and old Sonic are racing along together and Corona has done the, the Elson shorthand mm -hmm. trick of drawing them as spiky balls shooting along. But he's embellished it by putting the spinny leg whirls on the sides and one of them has little glasses on. <laughs> it's so good. The little glasses. I do wish that the doctor they go to was somebody was we knew. Kinterbor! Well, the that, Kinterbor yes. computer! Presumably he's just, you know, off to the side there. They've lost the caravan and everything at this yeah. point, so we don't even know what they're doing right now. No. We, we haven't actually taken time to follow up what the Freedom Fighters are even doing no. now that they've lost the caravan. I presume Johnny's got Kinterbor in his backpack or something, you know? Yeah. 
But what we mean is they go to this doctor who owes Sonic a favor because he saved his life. And I'm like, ah, oh, surely you could have like wheeled somebody out from an old Lou Stringer story. What about the chiller? What if it was the chiller who's good yeah. now? Why did they go to go to the chiller? Well, I don't want to see the chiller again because he was a people and we're well <laughs> past the point where people appear in Sonic the comic. But Except one, the genius scientist they have called Dr. Kinterbor, who would easily <laughs> have been able to analyse their DNA out of it, you know, even though he's a talking head well, on a they, screen. they may not have had the equipment to take it and put it into no, the computer. No, I don't care. This guy's got a whole lab. You kind of... Listen, if I know anything about science, <laughs> it's that you need a lab to do yeah. tests. And Kinderborn doesn't have a lab. <laughs> well, I think that case that he's in, all they would have to do is say, my mini lab, and make drawers come out of it, you know? Just uh, just, just, just stick the swab in the USB port. And, uh... Exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so apparently it's Sonic, and we're going to find out later why it's not. Next issue, Future Shock Continues. No big elaborate ooh-ah pun reference or anything, or shocking sentence. It's just, next issue, this story continues. Yep. Obviously, your your immediate impulse is that a robot, but they've tested his genes. He's got DNA. And then unless the idea is that he's a Terminator, and he's got like a, a genuine organic skin cloned oh. from Sonic around a robot skeleton. And, yeah. and you know, we've already got Terminator vibes going with the, the whole time travel, future shock, yeah. bad future reversion thing. Maybe. Yes, I think I'm going to enjoy this one, future shock. I, I like Sonic in it. I just like I like how aggro he is. Uh, I, he doesn't buy into the time travel thing at all. He's mm. he's cynic the hedgehog. Hey! I just thought that up. <laughs> I don't believe a word of it. That's just what I would have said at your age. <laughs> I was hoping I was hoping we'd get your old Sonic voice this episode. Yeah, that's it. You just take Sonic and you just yeah. put a little creak into it. Make it a bit breathy. I'm closer to this old Sonic age than the I thing. am to young Sonic, yeah. so you know. <laughs> Wait, 50, 60, 25. No, that's not true. I'm slap buying dead center in the middle if Wait. we assume Sonic is 15. <laughs> Oh, forever young. We're going to be. be. Oh, my hip. <laughs> we are so young now. I want all of these people to redo that. I want the cause to do We're So Old Now. I'd buy a copy. <laughs> Saturn Era. Dear STC, in terms of quality of artwork and storylines, you can now compete with 2000 AD for the best UK comic ever. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, we've said it ourselves just recently that yeah. the overall quality of the artwork in the comics, since the addition of Dobbin, essentially, mm. Dobbin and Elson just being two absolute top-tier best guys working in the kids' comic scene at the time yeah. stuff, you know, and Corona's own, like, evolution, as we were just talking yeah. about, how much more we enjoy him now than we used to. Yeah. Uh, secondly, uh, although I don't own a Saturn system, I think the graphics are far superior to the Mega Drive, so why not include more reviews, as this is definitely a move forward, says James Murray of Lisbon, County Antrim, Northern Ireland. STC upgrades its review zone to include some of the hottest Saturn games around. What sort of sentence is STC that? STC upgrades. What? Is it, like, is it an on constant, ongoing process? Yes. It's like a... Strap line on the cover. Yeah, exactly. STC upgrades. It's review zone. Read all about it. <laughs> As for being the best comic in the UK, hey, there's no fooling you, James. Eerie query. <laughs> uh, this one comes from Rowan French in Tauranga, New Zealand. Hello. Even though I live in New Zealand, I am an avid reader of STC, thanks to a friend from England who sends me copies. However, there's one thing that puzzles me. This is tremendous. I love this. <laughs> I never thought about it before this moment. <laughs> 
does Knuckles have ears? Hashtag, does Knuckles have ears? Because <laughs> he doesn't have visible ears. He doesn't have sticky so- up ears. Sonic characters, they, they, yeah. If he does, they're underneath the dreads. But I feel like we've seen up under the dreads enough times at this point. I think he's got little holes under the dreads, you know? I think he's yeah. got. I think he's got ears the way that, like, yes, technically they all probably have anuses. We're just not going to see them. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> Love Megadroid's reply to got a genuine bark of laughter out of me, which is strong evidence of just how dysfunctional I am as a human being. Uh, I tried to put your question to Knuckles Rowan, but his reply was. Pardon? Hey! I need to show you something. Oh. I looked up whether echidnas, actually echidnas, have like have on top of head ears or whether they. <laughs> no, they have cloacas. I know that. Oh, that's yeah, because they internet lay eggs. Law yeah. No, I was looking to see if they have visible ears. And they do. Look at the little ears. Here's a picture of an echidna. Look at his little spiky ears. Oh, that's tremendous. <laughs> look at him. Look at him, though. Like, in what way is that Knuckles? I know, yeah. <laughs> in what way is that a Knuckles? <laughs> right. Uh, do you want to do this one? How should I pronounce? <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? Overpriced over... You do it, Chris. <laughs> yes, I don't I don't think Deborah Tate knows how era is pronounced. <laughs> no. The Irish name for Ireland, because mm. obviously it's overpriced over... Ear is what they think is is the letter is dear Megadroid. I think that us boomers who buy STC in Ireland are being ripped off. An issue of STC over here costs one pound fifty five, which includes only thirty two pages. As this works out at four point eight four three seven five pence per page. <laughs> I suggest that you either lower the cost or give us more pages from Kieran D, Ennis, County Clare, Republic of Ireland. Sonic and Knuckles hog tag winner. Yeah, we're in the pre-Euro days, boys. Yes, pounds. That's not that they're paying £1.55 of the Queen's money. No, no, for as Megadroid says, it's a combination of the Irish punt. That's the Irish pound. I didn't know what that was. I thought it had. I thought he just meant, you know, selling stuff in Ireland. Like, just selling oh, stuff. Oh, no, but the punt was things. the Irish currency. Right. I didn't know Ooh. that. I've never heard that before. Well, there you go. <laughs> Value-added tax, plus the cost of exporting the copies to Ireland, which add all the extra pennies to STC's price. There you are. 4.84375 pence. Go and jump up your own arse. And I'm guessing that wasn't the problem at your end. Yes, no, up here in the north we used the good Queen's English currency as a legal tender. We've got a couple of drawings here. James Cole of Chingford Essex uh, has drawn, uh, well, it's short fuse. The colours are slightly off. They're, or rather, he's coloured it in different colours than is on model. Yeah. And so the comment is, Cybernick's new paint job. That's an evil Cybernick if I ever saw one. He's gone from being red to being green and purple. That's green and purple are the evil colours. They are. He might just not have had a red pen that was working. You know, you never know. I mean, I mean possibly, but that's an evil Cybernick, I've decided. Mm, yeah. And he, well, he's made him look more evil than usual. I know that's how his eyes always look. That's what his eyes look like. But no, you just think he looks more evil. Because he's green and purple. Green and purple. <laughs> Your brain knows. Secondary colours. That's the evil colours. And then we've got an older kid, uh, Sarah Adamson of Bellsill, Scotland, who has drawn Chun-Li, but it's Amy. Yeah, cool cat Amy, says the caption. And it's, yeah, Amy dressed as Chun-Li. She's beaten up Cam, Cam. from Cam and Bert. Yeah. And uh, something else being knocked off the side of the mm. panel. I, I think it's a metallics. Yes, but the colours are all off. It's... The colours are wrong, yeah. I almost wonder if it's like scratch. 
But that's just because it's got a yellow pointy bit, but, but that's like a cod piece rather than a beak. Yeah, I'm sure it is something, that's the mm. thing. If only we knew. If they hadn't cropped it! Yeah. The limbs are spindly like a metallics, and they have the pointy fingers like a metallics. But the shoe reminds me of something. The shoe is long and pointy. It's not the round, ovular feet that Metallics has had. I suppose that's true, but it's got the hinge and little circle bit that I'm sure Metallics feet have. I think that's a Metallics Yeah, you're right, it does. I think it's a Metallics. It's just that the body in the middle doesn't look like Metallics. It doesn't look like a Metallics does body. does it have, like, a windy key coming out of the side of it, even? Can't tell. That it could, could be a puff of smoke from being hit oh, as a robot, you know? Nice drawing, though. Yeah, it's really good. This kid has presumably copied an actual pose and everything from Street Fighter yeah. and has put Amy on it in a way and we that... should say, of course, it's Amy's head on an otherwise muscular human body. You know, yes. it's not a spindly Sonic character. You know, big, meaty thighs. Mm. This might be the first ever piece of calm fan art that's ever been created. Maybe the first, maybe the last. <laughs> it's John Manners! It's John Manners! It's John Manners! It's John a letter in our mailbag it is from alan and he says hello gentlemen i've been a listener since i first heard about stctp in march 2020 and i've decided hey to... that's not too far off the start no. well it's a year in it's a year into the show what is it oh god yeah i know i've just realized that it sounds yeah. like it was a long time ago but it's actually yeah, we'd been doing it for a year by that point <laughs> nearly just 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 shy of a year and i finally decided to write stroke type into you both why because issue 86 is when I finally left STC behind. Oh, left. I thought maybe it was going to yeah. be a start. It's funny, isn't it? Yeah. We're getting all these letters from people now who were starting and stopping right around now. What an interesting time. Mm. When I finally left STC behind as an 11-year-old. Oh. Hmm. That's when we started. <laughs> That's when we started, yeah. <laughs> so it felt as appropriate at times, Andy, to talk about how listening to your show has made me reflect on my relationship with the magazine and with Sonic in general. I believe I started STC with issue six. And I say believe, as, Same as, me. Hmm? as I have a significantly patchier memory than you and other retro-themed podcasters I listen to seem to enjoy. Anyway, I got issue six and immediately fell in love with it and got my dad to ask the local news agents to hold an issue back for me every week. Fortnite. Oh, yes. Alongside Match magazine, yes, I'm one of those people who enjoyed both football and Sonic. Uh, you've uh, upped your chances of getting cut from the episode there, Alan. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I somehow managed to cobble together the five issues I had missed and the preview mini-comic. Oh, wow! Ooh. Though I can't remember how, except in the case of issue four, which I was given by the local barber. Ironically called Mario, who had a copy in his Keep People Waiting Entertained Because Smartphones Don't Exist Yet magazine pile, and heard me tell my mum I didn't have that one. I was absolutely sonic mad between 1993 and 7, I'm sure to the point of irritation of my parents, and listening to your podcast has made me realise how SDC informed my love of these characters more than the actual games did. I think it's one of the reasons I left the series with Sonic Adventure on the Dreamcast, stroke GameCube, as even... No, it was on the Dreamcast. As even though I really liked the game, the characters weren't the ones I had in my head from years of reading. Yeah, I mean, that that's as true yeah. for me, and I'm sure yourself, Dave, as, as anything, yeah. That was whenever the two things just became irreconcilable. You could always reconcile STC with yeah. the 16-bit games, but you couldn't do it with the adventure games. Even when playing the wonderful return to form that is Sonic Mania, I still instinctively call Metal Sonic Metallics. It'll never be oh, anything yeah. else to me. And why do I need Rouge the Bat when techno and short views aren't in the games? If the annoying Sonic cartoon can be co-opted as a Puyo Puyo reskin, why can't my Sonic characters? <laughs> Admittedly, Sega failing to adapt Sonic to 3D gaming with any real success didn't help my leaving the series behind until Sonic Mania, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, but the fact mm -hmm. that it was no longer my Sonic didn't help. 
But of course, the magazine was so much more than just Sonic. I bought Echo solely on the basis of the strip. Yeah! I squealed with glee, probably, when I found out my friend had decap attack because I could play as the characters from that wonderful oddball universe. Certainly I know I rented decap attack because of the comic strip. Don't live up to it. (laughs) I enjoyed the adaptation of Wonder Boy purely because I loved the games. It's pronounced Shion, by the way. Oh, okay. Thank you. Shion is an actual given name in Japan and the Japanese E sound is sometimes romanized as an I for reasons. Thank you. We, we never really quite figured that out, did we? I think we, we, I feel like we were calling him Shion at one point, but I don't remember which one. Yeah, I never. It's like it looks like it would be Shion, yeah. but I didn't realize that was an actual name. I know, mm. I know how the phonetics of Japanese e's and i's work, but I didn't realize ah, I did. that was a given name in uh, in Japan. Right. I've lived in Japan since 2010. Oh well, yeah. uh, bow to your expertise on Shion then. And haven't been able to come back to the UK for several years, for obvious reasons. Listening to your podcast has made me hanker to read my old issues, which are safely boxed up in my parents' attic alongside my childhood Master System and Mega Drive games. I think most of my issues still have the free gifts, though I do know I gave the Valentine's Day cards to... My mum, lucky her. (laughs) I've overcome the hurdle, of course, via the online scans and can remember them as though I read them last week, not 25 years ago. I even clearly remember the pages from the last issue I bought, so I didn't stop getting it from lack of enjoyment, as I was still reading it closely enough to imprint the pictures on my mind. However, I started getting CV&G, as I wanted a magazine with games news. Uh... My head got turned by the PlayStation. Though I eventually got an N64, and Dad wasn't going to buy me three magazines, which is fair enough, really. Yeah... Of course I will stay on and follow the episodes covering the issues I haven't read and see what I missed out on from late 1996 onwards. Thanks for your hard work being away from the UK for so long, as well as a disillusionment with the way the world is going, has made me even more nostalgic for mid-90s England than usual and your podcast is a perfect way to wallow in the past before reality hits me with a cyber razor cut to the face. (laughs) That sounds a bit rough. All the best, Alan, originally from Derbyshire, now in Kobe, Japan. Sega Master System Mega Drive Analog Mega SG Mega Drive Mini Ooh. and Game Gear Micro owner. Get him. Thank you, Alan. <laughs> Thank you for that, Alan. Yeah, it's interesting how we are at this point where so many people seem to have dropped off and started at this. This is when we're getting the letters now, you know? And it's funny because it is a time of separation. We got to that point where I stopped, where it felt like so much had come full circle, and obviously some people felt like it was done, and we're now in this sort of transitional story arc era of the comic that's going to take us through to the post-100s, which are like a different world entirely, but which is still somehow what most people remember as being what the comic was, which is just alien to me. (laughs) And finally, we have a mail here from Fun2Building, who says, in a mail titled, OK, Nobody's Right... Who says, golf games are fun. <laughs> Hashtag it. <laughs> Especially when they're weird sh- But he's written, weird shit brackets spring. <laughs> like Mario Golf or Kirby's Dream Course, I highly those recommend- Those aren't real golf. Stop calling those golf games. I highly recommend this really cute indie game golf story. Well, I'll be the judge of that, but yeah, no, that's not what we mean by golf. We just mean ones where you just play golf. You're a man standing in a human man standing in a field, and then a ball does something slow. Those don't cut Kirby. Kirby, that's not a golf game. Yes, okay, it's about putting a ball in a hole, but come on. Yeah. Golf Story actually looks quite cute. It looks like one of those build-a-farm, meet-the-love-of-your-life games, but the thing you're doing is playing golf instead There's of... There's also golf. Instead of I mean, collecting... that Mario game might well actually be golf. Yeah. Just just golf played by Mario characters. I don't know. I can't actually swear to that at all. Who cares? But 
I feel like the Mario edition. I'm calling it crazy. There must be pyre ups or some shit. Right? It's got to be. Yeah. Yeah, I don't care. I neither do I. Yeah, that's our mailbag. Thank you very much, everybody. And if you'd like to be in it, you should write to stctpodcast at gmail dot com. Next issue: free stickers. We knew about them already. They told us in the front cover, but I presume this is all four of them here now that we can see. It's the cover of issue number one. It's that lovely poster of Sonic and Knuckles going at it. <laughs> It's the Knuckles stock art, and it's that... I don't know where this tail art know this. originates. I just know this from the sticker. Oh, no, well, you remember, it was uh, in the very first summer special for Tails' profile page. Yes! But I don't know if that's where it originates. Must do. It's not. I don't think it's official. It, it has a Ferran Rodriguez airbrush look about it. Plus three new stories. Sonic, Mr. Shifter. Knuckles, the good, the bad, and the echidna. Tails, easy target. Plus Sonic's world, further future shocks. More Sonic 2 in the Q-Zone Revisited. New Zone. Knights. Alright then. Ooh, yeah, full news Have feature. Have a bit of that. Reviews. Mega Drive. Tintin. Saturn. Shining Wisdom. Anything to shine in for? I don't know. Must be, wasn't it? Shining. Yeah, they were shining in the this and shining in that. Must be. STC 87 on sale Wednesday the 18th of September. £1.20. And when you're looking for that issue, you'll be able to find it. Most places good podcasts are available, but you can download it from our website at stctp.zone. We're ever so pleased with that, aren't we? We love having a yeah, dot zone. Yeah. Oh. Love that dot Thank zone. you, Spanky. Yeah. You can follow the podcast. It's on Twitter at Sonic Podcast, and you can follow us on there separately. I'm at Demon Tomato Dave. I am at Chris McFeely, and we're both on YouTube under those names as well. This takes money to do, so you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash stctp, where you will get all sorts of goodies, so many videos, years worth of videos now. In, in, well, not end to end, in terms of how long we've been making them. <laughs> Two years worth now, yeah. Yeah, in which we go through the uh, elusive Martin Adams books. Some of you may have read them, others of you won't, and you'll find out about them in our series of videos. Uh, the Sonic novels that came out concurrent with the first year of Sonic the Comic, and yes, they really are novels. At the time you hear this, we will be just creeping towards the end of, or may even have finished, yes. Sonic and the Silicon Warriors. That's right, and we're also plunging towards the end of the end of Mobius. Yes! Yes, I, but I mean, it may not be over by the time you hear this, but I've, I've seen the end. There is light <laughs> at the end of the tunnel. I know freedom. He knows what happens at the end of the end of Mobius. It might even be worse than anything that was in it previously. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> and if you want to hear Chris just having to scrape his way through the desert that is my teenage fanfic, you can hear and see. You get to see his face fall with every word of it. I think that the true, <laughs> the true experience will be seeing the absolute, very genuine, not comedic, yep. not a bit, not put on yep. joy that crosses my face when you drop the bomb on me that we're about to start the final part because yep. I didn't know. I saved it. He actually tears up. I tear <laughs> up so a happy. Bit. I'm so happy to know that it's ending. <laughs> So you can find that on patreon.com forward slash stctp for any price. Our theme song is Synchronized. That's a song by a band called Sonic the Comic. You can find their work at sonicthecomic.bandcamp.com. But we have been Sonic the Comic, the podcast, and we will see you next, next time. time. <laughs> Sorry, I just flipped over to the center page as I forgot what was in there for a second. Pin up.
It's a drawing of a crab meat. Tails. <laughs> yep, that's exactly what we're doing. Yep. <laughs> right, hang on, I'm having a loo break because I've had like yeah. two cups of coffee already this morning. <laughs> See you in a minute. That's good stuff. <laughs> really kept my headphones on. It's weird that I went and had a whole piss with my headphones still on. Ooh. Genuinely difficult to navigate when I was trying to wash my hands with that thing swinging. I'm talking about the headphone cable. <laughs> <laughs> That's some content. Um, put that after the credits.